Hi everyone. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Enjoy the show and thank you very much. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101. This is Matthew Aaron, and today is our monthly listeners episode. And I am very happy to welcome Tina Penman and Georgia Rockison onto the show to just wrap up with us. Tell us about their trading experience. Tell us about their experiences in the crypto space, what they're buying, what they're doing, what they're trading, what they're looking forward to, what they like, and what they don't like. But before you listen to this episode, please go to Crypto101podcast.com. Go to the bottom of the page. You'll see our social medias. You can click on the icon, Twitter, join us there. You can click on the Facebook icon, join the Facebook page. We have 3,500 people there that are helping everybody out in the crypto space. You can click on our blog. Our blog posts are flowing like honey. We got three great blog writers that are just pumping out content. So if you want to hear anything about the podcast or the episodes or just ideas coming from Crypto 101, check out our blog. And you can see that on Crypto101podcast.com on the top of the page where it says blog. Send us an email, go to contact us, and you also can go to our support page where you can send us some crypto or join our Patreon page, which the Patreons have been the backbone of Crypto 101 for months. Also on the Patreon page, we had a surprise come out a couple of days ago where we had an interview with Ada or Cardano. So check that out. Also, don't forget to go to that big old button that says tax on the top of the page. There you can get $101 off your crypto tax prep this tax season. It's going to save you a lot of headache if you are a trader, if you've been trading crypto, go to crypto101podcast.com, go to the board that says tax and click the button and sign up to get your taxes done this year. Thank you very much. And I'll see you after this episode with Georgia and Tina hosted by Ronnie Rose. everyone. Welcome to Crypto 101. I'm your host, Ronnie Rose, and today we're talking with Georgia Rackison and Tina Penman, two Crypto 101 listeners and advocates in their own communities. Georgia and Tina, thanks for joining us. How's it going? Great. Nice to be here. Thanks very much. Good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy you can both be on. So I want to just start with a little background from both of you uh, and get a feel for who you are, where you're from, your professional background. Just, you know, what you enjoy doing outside of crypto. My name's Georgia, as you said. I'm from the north of England. I live in London in the UK at the minute. My day-to-day work is as a user researcher. So that involves working in the intersection between psychology and technology, like trying to understand people's behavior, their motivations and their needs to help businesses and designers make better decisions, basically. So that's the kind of thing I get up to. Outside of crypto, there's not a lot that's going on in my life because crypto seems to take up all my other all your brain, brain power. power. Yeah, exactly. But um, I love it. I love that. And it's kind of like a hobby and a passion and, you know, a way to make money too. So it's exciting. You know, your role at your company can really be applied to crypto. So I'm excited to see how you sort of branch out into the crypto world professionally. Mm. 
Yeah, totally. I'm very excited to see the the kind of UX space, the user experience space develop in crypto because there's a lot of gap between these really cool deep tech initiatives, you know, really, really cool projects, but not a lot of kind of usable user interfaces or it's quite complicated for people to wrap their heads around. So I think there's a, a lot of opportunity to dive deep and understand how people are really going to use these things and how to speak to the wider populace as well. For sure. I, I totally agree. We definitely need to appeal to people who don't have that technical background and just want to see a pretty interface and mm-hmm. be able to use it and understand it right away. Yeah. Tina, do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are? Yes. Hi, my name is Tina. I'm in Portland, Oregon, and I have really random background. I have my <laughs> clinical doctorate in audiology, so I have that healthcare aspect. Sometimes I still see patients from time to time. But more recently, I've been doing more administrative and research-related duties. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I also am an adjunct instructor at a local university teaching classes relating to research methods and audiology and hearing science. Cool. So how how did you get into crypto? I mean, with Georgia, she sort of works in the technology realm and you work in the audio realm. But how did you get into crypto and blockchain technology? Well, let me back up maybe about five, six, seven years ago when I was living with an old roommate who was really, really big into Bitcoin. And during that time, the Silk Road still existed. And I just thought that it was just something that was really, really shady. And I didn't ask questions. And I mean, he was sending fiat in the mail. He was getting new computer parts. And I just, I just didn't ask questions. And here we are today. And, and I, I sort of regret not asking more questions during that time. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, and I'm Should've sure that he's out. doing very, yeah, yeah. very well today. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but actually, it was about six months ago over the summer when my husband started getting into crypto. Actually, he was pulled into the space because of Power Ledger. I love he Power was like, Ledger. I know. <laughs> my I know. favorite company. I know. And so he was like, Tina, like he kept talking to me about it. And I got flashbacks to my old roommate. And I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not. I'm not interested. But then it was in November when he started talking about Power Ledger again, because, well, initially he was interested in some other coins. But November, that's when he started talking about Power Ledger. And I was like, OK, I'll, I'll just give it a shot. And then the rest is history. I went down that rabbit hole and now not it's looking back. become a huge hobby of mine. Yeah, you know, I remember uh, when I first started hearing about Bitcoin, when I would Google it, all I would see is like creating a new currency is illegal and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, I don't want to get into this mess. Uh, but now when I talk to people about Bitcoin, they have that same response. And then once you bring up Power Ledger and you're like, yeah, they're enabling peer-to-peer energy trading, people suddenly, <laughs> it clicks for them. They're like, whoa, this thing can do so much more. It's not just some shady money for drug dealers and criminals. So Power Ledger helped us a lot, for sure. Georgia, how did how did you get into crypto? You've been in it for a while now, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. So I first got into Bitcoin back in 2013. I can't really remember what how I heard about it, but I'm kind of interested in disruptive technologies. I'm sort of a bit of an anarchist at heart, I guess you could say. <laughs> so kind of anything that calls to me and tells me that it's trying to be trying to take down, you know, large organizations or take power away from those bodies and organizations and kind of give it back to the individuals, I'm mm-hmm. I'm kind of behind. And uh and it was 
when I first got into it, you know, there really weren't many, you know, it was like Bitcoin, Litecoin, and that was pretty much it. You know, there were a few little other bits and pieces there, things that are coins that are no longer around now. And I remember bu- I bought, bought it at like, I think it was about a hundred bucks for a Bitcoin. Oh, wow. And, yeah. and I had it on my wallet and I would just refresh and just see this number going up very slowly over days. And, uh, and today um, it's going and, down. <laughs> and today's it's going down. Yes. But it's about, I don't know how many times more valuable than where it was when I bought it. Oh, so, for sure. you know, if you've been in crypto for a little while, these, highs and lows are nothing new and of course you know and this this goes a long way to say you know about how people new into cryptocurrency are very likely to get burnt and feel cheated for being promised this amazing thing and then you know if you bought in December you're going to be very very disappointed with the price now and you may well sell at a significant loss and I think that's kind of sad and I do try and try and instill hope in people even though you know, as I'm sure we'll all say here, we're not uh, financial advisors, so we can't yes. advise people on, on what Correct. they should be doing. But but my this is not general legal advice... or financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my general <laughs> advice is to kind of just sit tight, hodl. Mm-hmm. The general trend is up. And there's many exciting things that you can do with it. So I'm I'm just interested in things to do with with energy, with voting rights, with helping unbanked people become banked, all of that kind of stuff. I think is amazing uses of blockchain. Do you guys so have that's any what's really exciting. any favorite applications? You know, any companies out there that you really admire? So this is tricky. Um, I have started investing some money into ICOs, kind of as an experiment. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it and I've yet to see the success from my experiment because it's still early days with that. It's difficult to say I can recommend these because I haven't really seen any of them do anything yet, you know? So it's very hard, you know, there's it's essentially the promise of amazing technology in 5 years time. But the initiatives are there and the, it seems that there's the willingness to do good stuff. So I'm particularly interested in there's a company called Fund Request which I've just put a bit of money into. They're helping it's kind of like a freelancer network to help people get contract work. Oh, cool. Um, in the crypto uh, space deep, specifically? In the crypto space. Okay. Uh, no, no. So um, so not in crypto space specifically. So for any kind of, you know, kind of like Fiverr and those right. sort of websites. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're quite exciting. One that I'm really interested in, I have no idea whether it will be successful long term, is a company called BlockMesh. And they want to use mesh technology to help basically turn anyone with a smartphone in an area where you don't have 3G or 4G coverage to be able to essentially become a hotspot to another person. And you essentially use your phone to link to another phone to another phone, which means you can spread your internet further than where you've got it. So it allows people to be connected online rather than having to rely on 3G and 4G. That's awesome. And then is there coin immediately passed on to you, passed into your wallet? Yeah, so I haven't, so they're doing that ICO now. I'm okay. going to be putting a bit of money in, just a little bit, just to, just a flutter, just you know, it doesn't matter. Definitely. You know, there are people with those strategies, they just throw at whatever looks interesting. And there are people that I'm sure you do a little more research than some of them do, which is good. And I want to get into that soon. I want to talk about how you guys decide on what to invest in. But first, Tina, do you have any favorite applications or any favorite coins that you're holding long term? Oh my gosh, you guys are going to make so much fun of me. <laughs> I oh no. really love the gamifying yes. that accompanies yeah. the smart contracts. 
Oh my God. And I have a crypto kitty, for example. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe it was a flop. Maybe it's not a flop. And time will tell. But I think that the aspect of just hodling a crypto kitty is just really fun. And I think that there are other applications for those types of games. Right. Because I'm 34 and I remember back to eighth grade when, for example, Tamagotchis. Oh, God. Yeah, popular. Yes. I, remember. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I think I had one for like a week and it was already dead. What they are. I loved it. I think I've still got yeah, one. Yeah, they were so fun, oh, right? So there were these little pets and it was like on this little digital device and we wore it around our neck. And it was just a really fun way of having literally a digital pet. So we would feed it. We would take it for walks. We would have to make sure we put it to sleep. And oh. over the course of time, it developed into this type of character based on the algorithm, based on the behaviors that you implemented into this pet. So Crypto Kitties isn't there yet. There's another one that's coming out, Crypto Puppies. That one I might go for. Out. I'm, not, I'm not a cat I person. Know, it's coming out. <laughs> Much more yeah, of a dog it's person. It's going to be coming out, I think, um, this month or next month. And I think these games have a lot of potential. So I think that it's, it's just fun, right? We pay money for these things right. in real life, in, in fiat. Mm -hmm. So we pay, like back in eighth grade, you know, I bought a Tamagotchi and just like, you know, this month or next month, I will wind up buying a crypto puppy. And I think that, it's, it, you know, it's really fun. Right. And, you know, what's interesting is that there are sort of three parts to this whole community, which I think we spoke about earlier, how there's the there's the culture around it. Like people are enjoying the community and crypto kitties and crypto puppies. And they're coming out with a new game. I can't remember the name, but it's like a Pokemon Go for crypto which is pretty right. cool. I ripped so hard on the people who are playing Pokemon Go. I know, but, but this one I might time, play. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, now it's got crypto you know, in it. You're all for it. Yes, I'm for <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right. No, but when we think about it at the end of the day, I mean, we were getting people who typically probably wouldn't go outside for outdoor activities and they were going outside yeah. for outdoor activities. Yeah, so hopefully people I won't get off their really computer and get off the exchanges for a little bit to go outside. Yeah, but again, there's the, there's the there's the those parts where it's the culture to it where people wear the crypto sweaters and then there's the finance where people are like crying when it dips and cheering when it soars and just throwing money out whatever looks nice whatever is green and then there's the technology side where people actually care about you know what are these companies doing how are they contributing and I think we need to strike a big you know I think there's an important balance in there that we need to strike because if we're lacking in our enthusiasm for the technology, we're just building a bubble. Uh, if we actually only send our money to companies that are doing important things like Power Ledger, like Patientory, like I think a lot of people really like MedChain. I can't vouch for them. I haven't done enough research into them. But companies that are actually doing something big that will help the world or companies that are helping business leaders in Africa, in Sub-Saharan Africa to transfer money and enter the global market. So I think we really need to place a bigger focus on there. And I know you guys are doing things in your own communities to educate people. Can you tell me a little bit about that and how you're bringing more people into it? Yeah, sure. So kind of funny thing, I was at my office, my work, and 
I was chatting to a couple of colleagues who were interested in Bitcoin. And this was around kind of November, December 2017, when it was going, you know, the price was crazy high. And these were you know, people new into Bitcoin who just wanted to, to go, oh, okay, so, you know, how do I get into it? So I said, okay, I'm going to book a meeting room. I hope no one at work hears, hears this podcast because our meeting rooms are quite hard to get hold of. <laughs> uh, booked a meeting room towards the end of the day. And I said, look, okay, I'll show you some stuff um, that I've been doing. So then the time for the meeting came and instead of like two people, there were 10 people who turned up because my colleague had told loads of his other friends. And then they all came up and I ended up presenting essentially to a room full of people about how does the blockchain work? I did some whiteboarding. How do you buy Bitcoin in the first place? All this kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, it was really interesting. And what we did was we kind of, we started what we call a crypto guild uh, work, which we've got like a private Slack channel. We can have conversations about new coins that we're interested in, new ICOs, all that kind of stuff. And it's a great way to kind of help people. Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Eufy Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recorded. They're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it's truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Understand and to also enter the world of crypto safely. You know, I, mm-hmm. I have, I feel like I've been there, done that. I've lost money by being scammed. I've made some mistakes and with passwords and things like that, you know, before. Oh, so sure. I've got some useful stories to tell to other people. And I yeah. think that's a great way of helping people feel a bit more secure because it, it is the Wild West and it can be a little bit scary um, if you're going into it for the first time. I think there's all this talk in the news about Bitcoin and stuff like that. But actually, when it comes down to it, it's not very simple to know what is the best option for you when you first enter it, because there's so much conflicting information out there. And there are so many options. Definitely. You don't you can't decide how do you know which ones are the right ones and which ones are the wrong ones. And, and that's going to prevent people from taking that first step. So I think it's really useful to just like, go here, I'm going to show you and I actually bought some Bitcoin in front of people to show all the steps, right. And then everyone was like, great, we're going to do it at home this weekend. And everyone did a little bit just to experiment. So it was great. I think um, a good sort of liberating experience for some of them to feel like, okay, now I'm more confident I can do this myself. You're you're definitely right. I had people messaging me during the Ripple rush, I guess you could call it, uh, <laughs> who said, hey, I just bought my first Bitcoin on Coinbase. How do I buy Ripple? Uh, and one, they don't know what they should buy. They don't know no. how to research uh, these coins. They don't know what steps to take. They don't know how to be safe about it. Um, I had to, I've been sitting with some people and sort of helping them get set up. And whenever I tell them, okay, now you need to make a new email with a new password. And they're like, Why? Can't I just, you know, change one letter? And I'm like, no, make a new email, make a new password. Every single password has to be totally unique and you have to be safe. You're your own bank. You need to protect your assets, especially, you know, there are people who have spent money on a beer or a pizza, of course, with their crypto, not realizing how big it can get. So imagine not spending it on something, but having it stolen because you weren't protecting it. That would be mm-hmm. 10 times worse. You didn't even get a pizza out of it. And you'd never come back to it. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you, you, if you lose a lot of money um, through your own kind of mistake, you know, or you, you fall for a scam, that's really going to turn you off. And, and we have to, I think people who who are into it and get it, have a duty to help other people stay safe. Definitely. I completely agree. Uh, And Tina, you're also active in your community and educating others. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been working on? Sure. So I come from a research background and in the world of peer-reviewed journals, there is a hierarchy, Mm -hmm. a criteria that must be met in order for something to be valid. Now, in crypto, we don't have that quite yet. We have different types of evidence, and the priority that's placed on each type of evidence that could be considered is up to the person who's investing. That said, I think that sometimes people will still make decisions without totally being aware of the reason why they make a certain decision. So what I did on my end was I created an Excel sheet with the help of my husband. And together, we came up with criteria that we felt was important for making a decision when either buying a coin for the first time or thinking about buying a coin for the first time. And then we also made a different spreadsheet for when we have that coin, what criteria is used to determine do we sell this coin or do we hodl it? 
And the great thing with an Excel sheet is that it's totally customizable. So it's up to the user to be able to say, oh, sure, these are the criteria that I care about, and these are the criteria I don't care about. Right. So the criteria they care about, they can totally keep, and the criteria they don't care about, they can delete. And then they can also add things. So on this Excel sheet, there are probably many things that weren't on our radar that other people value as being a driving decision for whether or not they buy, sell, or hodl. And the great thing is that it can be added. So for that, it's really important to me, right? Because when we make decisions, I don't know if we're always consciously aware of the reasons why we make those decisions. Right. And when it comes to the space, I think it is important for us to have a little bit of awareness. For example, if, if you go on and you want to look into an ICO or a coin and you can't find the white paper, that to me That's a is bad really sign. shady. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's not a so good sign. Those are probably groups and projects that you want to stay away from. And I think as long as we have that awareness that there are criteria that can be used and they can continue to be used over the course of time, I think that it can help everyone make better decisions if they value certain types of evidence. That's Tina, really you, cool. That's such you, an awesome thing to do. Are you swing trading or are you, uh, you know, just buying and hodling everything? I'm buying and hodling. Yeah, me too. But I, I do want to check out this spreadsheet and uh, we'll drop it in the description for this. We'll drop a link. I want to now read a tweet that Vitalik, the co-founder, co-creator of Ethereum, and just get your feedback on this. So he tweeted this out on December 12th. So things are a little bit different today. Uh, but he says, so total crypto coin market cap just hit half a trillion today. But have we earned it? How many unbanked people have we banked? How much censorship resistance commerce for the common people have we enabled? How many dApps have we created that have substantial usage? Low added value per user for using a blockchain is fine, but then you have to make up for it in volume. How much value is stored in smart contracts that actually do anything interesting? How many Venezuelans have actually been protected by us from hyperinflation? How much actual usage of micropayment channels is there actually in reality? The answer to all these questions is definitely not zero, and in some cases, it's quite significant, but not enough to say it's half a trillion dollars levels of significant. Not enough. What do you guys think about that? Well, I agree with him completely, and I think one of the problems that we've got is we need to move the conversation away from Bitcoin. I think the media has... Um has a really big part to play in helping bring adoption and move the conversation towards actually doing things that are beneficial to the wider population. Right. But Bitcoin is the clickbait substance. Mm -hmm. For sure. And that's one of the, you know, but Bitcoin is, is a kind of, you know, it's like the, the old original, but is not necessarily the future of cryptocurrencies and blockchains. It's certainly not the future of blockchain. And I think uh, we really need to get around to moving these new dApps forward, the new blockchains forward, and producing some actual tangible evidence of this being beneficial to humankind, you know, which I genuinely believe it has the capacity to be. But 
where is it? I haven't seen this thing that's going to change the way I interact with my local government or, you know, community, you know, buy energy, not in the UK anyway, that's not there yet. And I can see it being incredibly useful to people in countries with, you know, less access to the things that I take for granted. But where are these things? You know, we've, everyone's made loads of money through ICOs now, they need to get to work. And I'm trying to think about if there's a thing that we as individuals, can do to make that happen I think we have to keep on their back so it's not enough just to invest a little bit of ether into into a new company we have to be challenging them and hold them accountable and also I think you know competition is really good right there's so many new ICOs up coming for companies that are doing essentially very similar things and that's good for competition right competition is good for forwarding the advancement of these technologies so hopefully something is going to happen very soon that's going to bring it into the forefront and I don't mean just renting a car through a blockchain app or you know or But really increasing global commerce and communication. Exactly. And, you know, and I think we're going to, we're getting there with cryptocurrencies. That's cool. As a currency, you know, being able to send people money is amazing. Like my auntie who lives in Italy, uh, she, she was like, Georgia, I heard you're into Bitcoin. Can I give you some money? And I want you to buy me some Bitcoin. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. If you really want, obviously it's, it's all lots of risk, potential risk. And I gathered from her how risk averse she was, where, how long she was willing to wait. And she said, ah, oh, I just treat it like a lottery ticket, you know, put it in a really high risk, potentially really high return thing. And I can wait forever. Okay. I was like, okay, great. No problem. <laughs> but what happened was it took two weeks for the money to get to me because her Italian bank wasn't speaking to my UK bank. And right. uh, this was, you know, like, so the fact that if she already had a cryptocurrency, she could have sent me that money immediately you know, even with the latency on, on Bitcoin, you know, that's a massive improvement on, you know, the current uh, banking system. So, you know, I think when we can start showing how we can move money easily between places, uh, and that just takes mass adoption, we just need some really usable apps, some wallets that are on your phone, that are really secure, that people feel they can trust, that are really usable, that help you feel informed when you're making choices and making uh, decisions within that maybe even hiding all the hexadecimal long addresses and codes because that's not very user-friendly right I want to send it to my auntie in Italy can't I just say auntie die and send this thing to her right so I think when we get to that place then people will start using it more and then you know the future's plain sailing for cryptos from there yes and also uh, my parents now are moving to Israel from the U.S. Ah. and Wow. Just moving, just moving the money there to buy a home is ridiculous. You have to like feed two banks and you have to, you're losing a lot of money on exchange fees and it's ridiculous. If only we could just buy crypto and buy a house with crypto. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, People it's not. do that. Yeah, but unfortunately, it's just not mainstream there to, you know, pay for the house in crypto. That's the the pain in the ass of it. In the UK, if you put money down for a house and you need a mortgage to cover the rest, mm-hmm. they will check your deposit amount, what the sources of income are from that, and they will not accept anything from cryptocurrency. Oh, wow. So you actually cannot Ridiculous. buy a house with crypto in the UK. I hope these things change. I really do. I know Estonia, their whole... I think I'm pretty sure it's Estonia. I hope I don't have my countries mixed up, but uh, I'm pretty sure their entire country is on a blockchain. So, you know, their birth certificates and their driver's license numbers and their health records and everything is just sitting on a blockchain. That's, I think that's brilliant. 
And I think our countries need to get with the program and progress a little more. So Tina, also, what do you consider to be mass or growing adoption? You know, what is good mass adoption? I think that is a very, very interesting question, right? Mm -hmm. Because we think about spreading the word and getting the word out there. But if we wind up, for example, let's say Christmas stocking stuffers, or maybe it's just a birthday present. If we wind up purchasing some form of crypto and passing it along to someone that may or may not value it, and maybe they don't pursue it immediately, maybe they don't look into the space immediately, is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? Because it's contributing to the market cap, but if it's just doing that and only that and nothing else is happening as a result of that event. I don't know. You know, initially I was thinking that it's a good thing because the more the merrier, but I also recognize the aspect that if it's not contributing to additional activity, if it's not continuing to contribute to the market cap, it's a very, very interesting question. Right. That said, I think the more that people like us talk about it, the more it will become widely adopted. Right. And I think it's up to people like us to be able to spread that word. I remember back in the day, I think there was a stigma that was associated with cryptocurrency, not necessarily blockchain technology, but I think that there was a stigma associated with cryptocurrency. And that, you know, like I said, I, I automatically thought about that myself because when I had my old roommate and he was getting new computer parts and sending fiat in the mail, I thought it was super sketch. Of course. And I didn't ask <laughs> I can imagine. Questions. But fast forward to today, there are normal people, like regular people, like me, you guys, and we're, we're starting to talk about it. And I think that's what's really important because the more people like us talk about it, the more we normalize it, the more other people will be like, hey, maybe this is worth looking into. Right. And I hope it doesn't end and, up being that like, you know, everybody thinks, oh, everyone else is focused on the technology. So I don't really have to worry about it. I'll just get in and like ride their wave. And I think once we have too many of those people, then it really could lead to a bubble. So I know what you're saying, grow it, but grow it responsibly and encourage people not just to buy, but also to learn about what they're investing in, learn about how they can get involved. There are just so many great communities that exist on social media. And I think the more people get involved, the more they contribute, the more they get out of it. Definitely. I completely agree. Guys, I love this conversation. I love speaking with you. If you have any questions, we will drop Georgia and Tina's emails in the description as well as mine. And let us know what you think. Let us know what you think about growing this community responsibly. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks so much, guys, for joining us. It's been great. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. ApogeeCrypto.com, that's A-P-O-G-E-E Crypto.com, the best place to check your real-time prices. And I wanted to say thank you very much for listening to this episode. I enjoyed listening to these people talk. It was a lot of fun. And how can you deny a British accent? It makes everything sound so much smarter. <laughs> anyway, if you're a website developer and you want to help Crypto 101 make a website, please send us an email. I am looking to update our, our webpage because I made it and it sucks. It works. 
it does the job we want it to, but it's not that pretty. So if you'd like to help Crypto 101 make a new website, please send me an email and let me know that you're interested in that. And lastly, please recommend your friends to Crypto 101. We love making content. And if your friends are not into blockchain or cryptocurrency, that's okay. Still recommend them because I think that we have some good conversations with amazing, smart, intelligent people that are just trying to move society, humanity forward. And they're good conversations. So please tell your friends to go to iTunes, hit the subscribe button, and yeah, and enjoy the content. This is Matthew Aaron with Crypto 101, and we will see you in the next episode where I interview Dr. Gemma Green of Power Ledger. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.